Hey everybody, Billy Holting here. Thanks for tuning in. On this show, we are discussing the history of the jazz guitar with three of LA's finest guitar players. Brad Rebuchin, Jeff Miley, and Mitch Holder give us insights to the evolution and history of the jazz guitar and discuss how certain players contributed to the art. Check out the show notes for a more complete list and links to recordings by the players we discuss and others. Yeah, it's a very broad topic, so we don't mention everyone. We wanted to grab as many as we could in a short show to give you a start in exploring these greats. As always, the Jazz Roundtable is recorded in front of a live internet audience. I've edited a bit from the original but all the good stuff is here from the live show. These shows are free, but if you'd like to leave us a little something in the tip jar, please go to live at 0bpm.com slash tip jar. And note, live at 0bpm.com is spelled L-I-V-E-A-T-Z-E-R-O-B-P-M.com. You can also tip us on Venmo at Z-E-R-O-B-P-M. We always love it if you subscribe and leave a review as that really helps us spread the word. I'd love to make this show better. You could help. Please feel free to send ideas to podcast at live at zero bpm.com. Thank you and have fun listening. Welcome to the Jazz Roundtable, brought to you by Live at Zero BPM with your host, Grammy Award winning percussionist and mallet player, Billy Holting. Tonight's guests, Brad Rebuchin, Jeff Miley, and Mitch Holder. If you care to donate, click on the donate slash tip jar link in the description or on our website at live at zero bpm.com slash tip jar. You can also tip on Venmo at Z-E-R-O-B-P-M. And now let's get to the music with your host, Billy Halting. Hey, everybody in Internet Land. We are back with another Jazz Roundtable. This is number 10, and we decided to do something fun tonight. We're going to do the history of jazz guitar. Now, we're not going to get to everybody, I promise, but we have a killer list. I've already done the show notes, and they're up online. I will put the links are in the descriptions on both YouTube and Facebook, but I'll put it in the chat rooms also. Save that for later because we have links where you can listen to like 40 or 50 different guitar players throughout the history of jazz if you want to learn more. But uh, tonight, I just want to say, if you're out there, click like and share the video and send it out to people. We're total grassroots. We love to have uh, any help we can get getting the promotion out there. And uh, if you do care to tip, it's uh, I'll put the, it up on the screen. I'll also put it in the chat rooms, but it's live at 0bpm.com uh, slash tip jar or on Venmo at Z-E-R-O-B-P-M. So, and we are completely 100% tip-based. That's commercial. I'll only say that 20 more times before this is over. But I'll tell you what, let's bring the guys in here. We got, oh, hey, it's uh, Brad Rebuchin, Jeff Miley, and Mitch Holder, just like the guy said. Okay, we get a big round of applause for hey. that. So, um, guys, I, I, we came up with this topic. We know it's very broad, but we're going to kind of narrow it down and talk about eras and styles and that sort of thing. But uh, just so you guys know, they're going to do some playing in the styles of these guitar players. I don't like to play copyrighted music on the show out of respect for the artist, but we have plenty of links that you can check that out. But these guys are such amazing guitar players, we'll be able to cover a lot of ground. So why don't we just get right to it? Sound good? Sounds sure. good. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. You know, so we, we're yep. going to talk about like six essential guitar players. This is a uh, list that Brad came up with, but was ratified by the other guys. Uh, and, and, you know, the first one on the list, which is, comes from the three early groundbreaking guitarists that we have listed, is uh, Charlie Christian. And Mitch, you've got a Charlie Christian-like guitar with you right now. Do you want to talk about that? Okay. Um, yeah, nope. I, I wound up bringing nice. two oh rigs tonight, so... Um, 
So, yeah, so this guitar, this is not from the Charlie Christian era. This is a, uh, this guitar was made in uh, the year 2000. But it was a custom order, and Gibson had some bar pickups that they hadn't used, and they were, they were making uh, guitars, and this became one of them. So this is a ES350 thin body, but it's got this Charlie Christian bar pickup. Okay, now the thing is, if I plug this guitar into, say, a Fender Deluxe or the equivalent of that, it's going to sound pretty much like uh, a hollow body with a P90 single coil pickup. Okay, uh, the key to Charlie's sound was the fact that the amps at the time, which there were first was a, it was called an EH150, that was a Gibson. Uh, and then later a bigger one with more power came out, an EH-185. And the key of the, of the circuit was that they were a single circuit amplifiers, okay? So uh, all I wanted to bring out was in combination with this pickup, you need the single um, circuit amplifier yeah. to complete that sonic environment, Okay. So what I did was, because, uh, you know, these EH-150s and EH-185s, you spend most of your time trying to keep them maintained. They're, they're just, they're so old, they're falling apart. I, I got a um, Les Paul Jr. reissue single-ended amplifier that Gibson made in 2005. And I bought it because it was, it was similar to a Fender Champ, which is what... Um, Keith Richards, Jimmy Page, uh, Jeff Jeff Beck, for rock and roll, you know, they didn't use big amps. They had these champs, had single volume control, cranked it to 11, and they played their solos, and it sounded great, okay? So I, I primarily got it for that because I didn't have a single-ended amp. Anyway, I turned the volume down and turned the tone way up, and here's... Uh, the sound so I don't know how it translates through the computer but Without without that single yeah. ended amp, and I can't hold it. It's a real small. It's a tweed small amp. It's got an eight inch speaker, one tube. That's the key to single ended. Okay, one power now, tube. What, when so, you say you know, bar so pickup, can you hold yeah. that up again? Now, as opposed to like most guitars, where each string sure. has its own pickup, correct? Okay. Correct. So, the bar in the middle of this pickup is the pole piece. It's not six individual pole pieces. It's one pole piece. And, you know, I don't know if you can see it. The first two years they made it, they, the bar was, was straight across, and the B-string pops out. All guitar players know when you have an electric guitar, the B-string always pops out. So on the later versions of this, I, I don't know if you can see this. Here. It's notched. Huh. It's notched under the B string. There you uh -huh. go. You see that notch? So it, it 
It balances... balances out so they only made this pickup for just a few years and then okay, it became well, an option a, let's so talk they're about very Christian very and, rare he was one of the first cats on the scene playing jazz guitar what was his what was his main contribution to the well i mean well, his, well, you know, one thing i just want to add is, oh, is that's yeah. they actually call that pickup a charlie christian pickup mm-hmm. you know they you know, do, you yeah. know that it's actually named after him you know because he's sort of a Put that, put it on the map, and you know, until now. I'm sorry, go ahead, yeah. Jeff. Yeah, the yeah. players yeah. do. You know, <laughs> Gibson never did because he was never right, right. an endorser. And just, just as an addendum, because it took me a long time to figure this out. In the 50s and 60s, they they put they had an aftermarket pickup, and it was called oh, the nice. Oscar Moore pickup. <laughs> and I, I, I'd see it, and I'd say, "Well, God, it looks like a Charlie Christian." So, you know what it was? It was the fact that in the 50s, <laughs> Oscar Moore was real popular because he was with yeah. uh, Nat King Cole. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, by that point, you know, Charlie had died. He died of tuberculosis. And Gibson had never signed him on. So, they said, well, let's offer it, but we'll call it the Oscar Moore because Oscar is so, so cool. well known. <laughs> and... But Gibson never ever called it to Charlie Christian the pickup. Everyone, the, everyone the else players does. Yeah. did. That's well, cool. let, let's did. talk about yeah. Yeah. Charlie Christian's yeah. contributions. Well, the the thing with the pickup is, and the amp is, all of a sudden the guitar has some sustain and some volume, so he can play single notes with the horns. He can solo. You know, before then, there's guys playing banjos or acoustic instruments and just chunking away back there. Um, so it kind of brought the guitar out front, um, and he was like one of the first guys kind of doing that thing. Um, cool. Now, and, when you mentioned the banjo, uh, Mitch mentioned uh, John St. Cyr, who started out with banjo with, uh, with uh, Louis Armstrong. Yeah. And then he had later switched to acoustic guitar. He didn't go make the move to electric. But uh, right. w- Charlie Christian come after uh, St. Cyr? Okay. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yes. Let me, let me just give you a lineage. Sire. John St. Sire was a banjo player in the 1920s, you know, which, uh-huh. think about it, it's <laughs> 100 amazing. years ago now. Right? Dixieland. Yeah. Dixieland jazz. That's where we first heard the word jazz, was Dixieland jazz, right? So all through the 20s, there were no guitar players. They're all playing banjo. John St. Sear being one of them, he was playing with Louis Armstrong. Got into the 30s. And then swing was slowly starting to develop, and the banjo players were switching off to the guitar. But you know, a lot like George Van Epps, I don't know if your audience, probably a lot of them know it, he started out as a banjo player, and you as a banjo player, and we're talking four string, not five string. Bluegrass right. hadn't been invented, but uh, if you got four, a four string banjo and you're, it's kind of, kind of sounds like. Kind of thing, you know, and uh, so the so initially when the banjo players went over to guitar, that's how they were okay, playing. Okay, so back, so and back, when, back in the days at Charlie yeah. Christian, we also have Django Reinhardt and Freddie Green listed from our early uh, guitar players, but uh, Django and Freddie Green were very different players, 
right? Very, very different, yes. Do you guys, do one of you guys want to talk well, about either one of them? Well, well you know, you know, let me say something about Charlie Christian before okay. we move on, because because I think that the a big point for, for me is just is just how important he was for the history of of jazz guitar and really all guitar, electric guitar, because because really you could hear like some of the things Mitch was playing. It you know it it also almost also sounds reminiscent of of like you know early rock players you know VB mm-hmm. King yeah. um, you know um, yeah. Chuck Berry um, uh, rockabilly um, you, you know you know all these you know and then going on into whatever you know Jimi Hendrix or whatever you know you know sort of the he sort of was foundational in that in that whole language of sort of combining this sort of blues elements but also but also adding a more sophisticated thing that's that sort of was he was also one of the forefathers of, of bebop and some people you know cons- some some people consider him just as important as and I kind of agreed as as Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie and and I found even that that some people believe that a couple of monks tunes epistrophe and um Rhythm, rhythm and thing were actually Charlie Christian tunes. Really? You, you know, you know that because <laughs> yeah. because what happened is is he was he was jamming with those guys in the, you know, in like thirty nine, forty, forty one. You know, until he died. Believe he died in forty two, and yeah. and by the way, he died when he was twenty five. But but at that point yeah. there was a recording band because of World War Two. So yeah. so no records were made. But these guys were jamming, sort of making this new music that would be go on to become bebop. And so you can really hear, you know, but even in his recordings with, um, you, you know, you know that that sort of he's playing some of the vocabulary that would would that later appear in, you know, bebop and going forward, you know, playing more off the chords, using more arpeggio type stuff. Um, yeah. So so I th- you know I think you know, you know like I'm say, I say like one of the six essential guitar players. He's he's just so fundamental to. You know, and and like for instance, Wes Montgomery famously could play all of his all of his tunes and solos by heart. You know, <laughs> you know before he was, you know, yeah. and and many wow. other players too. You, you know, you know, and and the other thing I want to say is that is really he he you know he when he he only had like about a three year run where, where where he where he did all the made all this impact. You know, you know from when um, um, uh, mm. Benny Goodman found, discovered him. Until he died uh, of of tuberculosis, and he was actually already sick for a good portion of that time. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I'll say is is and he's actually was buried in an unmarked grave back in Oklahoma. So we're not even really sure wow. where he's buried. You know, some of the significance, and it kind of goes back to not to go wow. off to off the road too much, but back to to sort of the way black musicians in particular were treated. Be, be, yeah. Because he was also a groundbreaker. He was one of the first black musicians to play with, uh, you know, profession, you know, in with major uh, major white artists. You know, in this case, yes. um, hmm. um, Benny Goodman, who was sort of opened the door for. Yeah. Anyway, there's there's a mouthful. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> no, that's, that's really interesting, Charlie. Go ahead. Can, can yeah. I just add one more thing to what Brad, a reference to what Brad said? It's kind of an interesting thing, and I think a lot of good players don't know know this. T-Bone Walker, the blues guitar player, and Charlie were friends when they were kids. And they both started, they were they lived in Oklahoma City, and they started playing guitar with the same teacher, okay? <laughs> so if you listen to T-Bone and you listen to Charlie, you'll hear a lot of the same ideas in their respective styles. T-Bone is in a blues style. And Charlie's in a jazz style. Wow! But you can definitely hear the 
connection. It's real yeah, interesting. That's cool. Yeah, that's I didn't cool. Know that. mm-hmm. We'll have to have a yeah. Charlie Christian yeah. day here on the Jazz yeah. Roundtable. Yeah. Charlie yeah, Christian we, week. We could, we could totally do it. <laughs> yeah, Charlie yeah. Christian yeah. week. Yeah, we got forty guitar <laughs> players, and we have fifty-two weeks in the year. So there you uh, go. Yeah. Now I just want to take a quick shout out. With Toby is here, and Toby is our big, one of our biggest fans, and she helps promote the show. And I have hey, some Toby. people watching on YouTube and a handful on Facebook, and I want you guys to write in and tell us where you're watching from. We'd love to yeah. hear from the people out there. And if you want to say hi to anybody or if you have any questions, put them in the chat room and we'll try to get to those if, if they bring up somebody. So, But, uh, well, before we leave the early guitar players, uh, let's talk a little bit about Django Reinhardt and Freddie Green. Yeah. Who wants to take that one? Uh, well, I mean, Django uh, kind of, even today, you know, people you'll hear people just say it's it's like a style of guitar playing gypsy jazz or django or, if somebody will tell you on a gig oh just play like django on this and everyone knows what it means um and he was uh he's french and um he played in a quartet with uh stefan grappelli on uh violin and uh he just well, if you just listen to him for 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 when he was playing, for as long ago as he was playing, his just command of the guitar and his technique, and um, he overcame a handicap. He he was in a fire as a, a a child, and he burnt his hand got burned, and so he could only use two fingers in this hand. Can you uh, can any of you play something like I mean, uh, in the style of? I mean, well, I'll just play like. Uh, if he was going to play like a, a say, a, um, just a minor arpeggio, um, uh-huh. which let's say G minor. Oops, let me turn up over here. Something like that. He would have to do it like this. These two fingers barely work. Like that. And he, he kind of developed like a whole repertoire of. Like, there's ways that his fingering works really good for certain things. Um, if you limit yourself to two fingers, it's kind of interesting. And he was um, one of the first European cats, right? Come yeah. Over and play guitar? Well, kind yeah, of the first that anyone knows of. Yeah. <laughs> that, we, that everyone knew, yeah, that, that became famous. You know, there might have been others yeah. before him, but, but, but he was sort of, yeah, he's, he's the first, first really significant um, non-American guitar, jazz guitar player for you know until maybe the 50s or something or or later, yeah, right. right. And, and and he's more like I guess I want to say late 30s, uh, into the 40s. And I think he died in the 50s, yeah. right? Well, the, the but, link but I have, you, you, know, you know, one one, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, oh, well, one thing I just want to say is 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 he's really fun to check out because he's sort of like the first shredder. Mm, yeah, be- you're right. Because <laughs> because he be- because because he plays a lot of flashy, dynamic, but melodic stuff, you know, and, yeah. and it's even more remarkable because he's with two fingers, and mm, yeah. and but, but he's very driving, energetic, and and just in your face, you, you know, kind of almost like with like, I mean, like a, a rock attitude, you know, before yeah. rock, you know. Um, well, that, and, uh, and, and and it was and one thing to mention. He's not only he's a gypsy, so 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 he's sort of coming from this you know, sort of, you know, um, um, uh, you know, not accepted class of people. You know, you know, sort of a, yeah. you know, a, a, you know, I know, you know, gypsies were not considered 
cool. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not really explaining it very well. <laughs> yeah, but, but in other words, he's yeah. sort of coming from a, from a from an underclass of people that that were an yeah. oppressed class. That's what I'm looking for. That's where I'm looking for. You know. And, you yeah. know. And like was born like in a you know like in a in a trailer and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. Like with horses. And, you know. Like he's. He wasn't living like in a, yeah, a caravan or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, like Think a caravan. That, yeah, that's the way to put it. Yeah, that gypsy jazz sort of thing. Like uh, Vinny Raniola was on a couple of shows ago from New York, and and he and Frank Gally, uh, Frank Vignola, they do a lot of that kind of jump swing gypsy jazz stuff. It's super energetic and super fun to listen to. And I, I guess one of his big famous songs is Minor Swing, and that's the link I have on yeah. the right, yeah. the notes page. Yeah, that's a good one. So, uh, okay, cool. well, what about Freddie Green? So many people talk about him. Can you just tell us? Yeah, can, sure. Can we just say one more thing about Django? I've always wondered, maybe, maybe Brad or Jeff, maybe you know this. I've never, when he and and when he was in the caravan, there was a fire. Yeah. I guess a candle yeah. burned down and lit lit the the, the trailer, the, uh, yeah. trailer oh, yeah. on fire, and it burned his burned his yeah. fingers together. Was that when he was very young? Was that what before he played, or was uh, he playing? I'm not. Was he? Well, do you know I, if he was? I, does anybody know that? I've never I think, found he, I, I, I think I've read somewhere that he that he was more like like not a kid, you, you know, you know, sort of maybe like a teenager or something. Yeah, you know, but 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 okay. this this is purely off by so, the seat of my pants. Yeah, I'm that. <laughs> yeah. I I just wonder how different his playing oh, yeah. might have been if his fingers hadn't been if his hand right. hadn't been burned. I've always wondered yeah. about that because he he was able yeah. to adapt right. so well. What if he had full facility? What, yeah, what yeah, might yeah. he have done? Really you know what trouble. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Interesting. <laughs> right. Interesting. Okay. Uh, okay. Are we done? Are we <laughs> yes. Let's mm -hmm. go. Let's talk a little bit about Freddie Green yeah. because he, I know he had something very stylistic. Oh, he, 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 he never played a solo. Who cares about him? <laughs> no, I found. I found a recording. I'm talking about Freddie King. King that. Really found a solo. I found a solo. This is one of his two solos that's recorded, and he plays kind of a chordal thing. So that's the link that I found for him. But, uh, but what right. he did with chords. Yeah. Yes. Come on. Uh, well, I mean, not just chords. I mean, again, this is another guy where he he created a style that's to this day everyone knows, and you'll see it written on charts. Band leaders will tell you, "This is Freddie Green style right here." They just write it in the chart. Um, Can you and, demonstrate? Well, it's just like a quarter note uh, way of like if you're playing a blues, like instead of three, four, instead of this. like this like that kind of thing and he he's almost like another drummer in the band you know well you do um, hear it so often people say yeah Freddie Green style you know yeah. and they just mean that yeah. kind of driving quarter note thing right and I, I uh, one time I got to see Count Basie Big Band yeah. mm. with him playing, and it's 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 a quite an experience. It's like when you listen to him and that drummer, I I, I just never heard anything like that. It's it's so cool. It's just incredible. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, well let go ahead. Yeah. And Jeff, Jeff, I I heard Basie's yeah. band too, and thing I noticed was. And and walking, they were already yeah. playing. This was in Vegas, yeah. and I was coming in late. And I'm walking in. You know how when you walk in, what do you, what right. do you hear? The bass, right? <laughs> yeah. You usually hear the yes. bass first. Yeah. 
right? So I'm I'm walking in the hall, and nice. I heard Freddie <laughs> first. I'm going, Jesus, yeah. you know, no right. mic, no mic, and he's holding the yeah. guitar mm-hmm. like this, so so he doesn't yeah. restrict mm-hmm. the back, and the strings. The strings were at least a half an inch <laughs> yeah. off the fingerboard, and he was getting them down yeah. with no problem wow. at all. It was unbelievable. It's it's, unbelievable. it's quite a sound. Yeah. It's quite a sound. <laughs> it's 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 amazing. Yeah. Um, well, well, you know, you know the thing. The thing that yeah. Yeah, I and mean, somebody somebody. Well, well, I was just saying. Yeah, I think to add to that, just so everyone understands, th- they're talking about a big band, not not you know a big band yeah. with all the horns and everything. You know, and right. and what you know, and for a lot part, lot, long part of his career, he wasn't even using an amp. You know, because this was you know sort of right. mm-hmm. you know I don't I'm not sure when he's I'm, probably he was using an amp when you guys heard him, but but so uh, so, so the instruments at that point. No, oh, no, okay. no, so, well, well, so, so, so 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 <laughs> going back to what Mitch was saying, really, his guitar was set up not for ease of playing, but for pain and suffering, but to be as loud as possible. Yes. You, know, you know, you know. So, so he had really heavy strings <laughs> right. and really far off the neck, and and plus he's not trying to damp it in any way be, 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 yeah. because because he has to. He's making his own amplifier, and he's mm. trying to cut through, you know, like four trumpets, four trombones, five saxes, drums, yeah. you know, full drums, bass, and uh, piano, and what am I forgetting? Um, I guess that's it, right? Yeah, I think you. I <laughs> anyway, think you a lot, and, and yeah. sometimes a singer, and sometimes <laughs> yeah, 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 and and, 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 and often in a in a big hall. You, you know, and sometimes yeah. outside, you know, uh, yeah. um, you, you know, like you go see him at Disneyland, right. and he's playing outside, you, yeah. you know, um, you know, you know, and, and, and the point is, is, is just in spite of, of all the having make it so hard to play, he, he contributed so much to the to the feel of the group that when it was the way the group felt is is yes. is significant part of it because he's not playing going to play a solo. Right. One thing you probably can't on a guitar like that. <laughs> probably you know, you know with guitar. with the action like that. You know, that could be why he never took a solo, but but also it's it's so so no, there's so much of music we forget about is about making it feel right. And so yeah, he was yes. the king of making music feel right. You, you know, and and you know, as a, and sort of being under the radar except for those of us that are paying attention like other guitar players. And for those two solos. Yeah, yeah and for those two yes. solos. Yeah, yeah. The, the, but those were kind of almost. At least, I know at least one of them was kind of a joke that Basie would do sometimes. Okay, now we're going to feature Freddie Green. You know, and everything. Oh wow, he's finally yeah. going to solo. And and then they and then the band just cuts out and he's just doing what he his part. His, his, yeah, his he's normal just still rhythm playing part. his part. Yeah. You, you know. Anyway, well, well let, um, I'll let's, my, let's move on. Did, well, I'm sorry, Mitch. Well, Mitch, did you have something else to say? Because because I cut kind of cut you off. Um, no, you know, I I I. I I just remember, um, and the other thing too. A lot of times you would only hear yes, one note. Correct. So, for instance, <laughs> if if we're playing if we're playing a shell voicing, yeah. that's what we call these voicings now. So I'm playing a G. I got three notes. I got playing on the and typically on the I'm on the fifth, the sixth string, the fourth yeah. string, and the third string. So so when he played, you'd hear that kind of thing. But a lot of the time, yeah. you'd hear yeah. real loud, yeah. really loud, yeah. and it just cut right through, and it just sat in the overall sound, and it was perfectly placed and sounded yeah. perfect. You know, I, you know, I'm sorry. One last Pretty thing I want to say about that is, is you know, it seems like it'd be easy. 
you know, and, and we've all seen these charts, you know, that say <laughs> Freddie Green style, you know, but, you know, and, you know, especially when I was first playing with big bands and stuff for the first time or whatever. It's really hard to make that just to be consistent because just consistent make that feel right in driving. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's kind of something, you know, yeah. it, it seems like, oh, very easy. Yeah, I just play quarter notes. But to it's really not. make it feel right <laughs> with the right accents and stuff, it's 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 one of the harder things. You know, yes. I still don't, I mean, I worked on it and I still don't feel like I have it under my <laughs> fingers the way I do some other things that seemingly should be harder. Mm -hmm. anyway, I'll say one, one more. Yeah. It's an art. It's I'll, an I'll art. I'll say one more 30 second yeah. thing before we move on, but I would say he's the perfect example of if you develop a good sound on your instrument and you have really good time and you know where to, where to put yourself in the beat with the band you're going to be heard no matter how loud the band is yeah. you know you're you're, you're going to be heard you know yeah that's um, true well, and you and you're going to be yeah. they're going to watch you in the band they and they're going to watch you the band yeah even more <laughs> yeah exactly cuz he played for ba with Basie for what like 40 years or something for, yeah, yeah like forever that. yeah it's a good gig <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. not bad yeah. <laughs> you know you know what he always said he said that somebody asked him he said uh, Freddie, what what advice do you have for an aspiring musician? And Freddie said, "Always put your uniform on top. Always pack your <laughs> uniform on." Top. So it doesn't get wrinkled. That's what he told me. <laughs> so yeah, so so when yeah, you get yeah. to the gig and you're late, yeah, yeah, nice. the uniform's on top. That yeah. that's what he was referring that's to. That's cool. Let's see. Uh, well, let let's let's move on to good advice. <laughs> you know, section two of four. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yes. But now we have we, we, we section people on the mainstream guitars of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And yes, there are a million. But there let me are. just grab mm -hmm. a couple of names out of here. Uh, like uh, you have Wes Montgomery, uh, Tal Farlow, Herb Ellis, Kenny Burrell, Jim Hall, Joe Pass, John Pisano, uh, uh, George Benson, uh, George Van Epps, Jimmy... How do you say his name? Is it Weebly? Weeble? Weeble. 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 Jimmy Ramey and Weibel. Hank Garland. Uh, and you guys want to just pick one of those guys and... And talk about him. Well, we should start with Wes. I Wes, mean, okay. Well, any one of them. Because <laughs> he was so huge. I mean, and what and did he do that changed? What was he? What did he? When he came on the scene, what was he doing that was different or changed things? Uh. Well, I mean, this, the the cliche thing, which I shouldn't say that because it's amazing, is his octave thing. And he played with. He didn't play with a pick. He played with his thumb. Like just the flesh on the strings, like that. Yeah. So that was kind of a that's a, that's a thing where people will say if you, if you do that for two seconds on any gig, people just think Wes Montgomery right away, you know. Um, but yeah, there's a certain sound he got with his thumb um, that uh -huh. was just. I don't know how he did it, um, and yeah, you know, and that that wasn't intentional. Right, that was, on a, his that part. was an accident, the or thumb? that was uh, by necessity, I guess. Right? <laughs> well, no, it was on account of he didn't start playing right. guitar until he was eighteen. He was married, <laughs> and he wound up. He had seven kids, but I don't know how many kids yeah. he had when he was eighteen. But he had right. more than two or three. So he's married. He's there in an apartment. He takes up the electric guitar. He always practiced with an amp. And his wife and the neighbors were complaining all the time. It's too loud. It's yeah. too loud. And he had a pick, and he's playing, 
Too loud, too loud, too loud. All of a sudden, he said, what if I don't use the pick anymore? There you go. (laughs) There you go. Then there's where that came from. So it wasn't really intentional on his part. It turned into a whole thing. So, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you exactly. know the crazy thing about him too is that, is is that you know there's always you know the thing okay when you when you, when we're checking out guitar players you like trying to figure out how they get their sound, and yeah. and I think one thing he had, he had a big big thumb he had big hands but yeah. but another thing that I saw later because because everyone does it where they're playing like down like this like a conventional um, approach yeah. but I encourage everyone to look video for because when I finally saw a video of him he's actually playing where he has his hand like this and he's playing. This way, which is crazy. Right. You, you, you yeah. know, like if so, if yeah. someone came to me for lessons, they're doing that. I, the first thing I would do would I'd like slap their hand. <laughs> um, you, you know, you know. Yeah. But 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 anyway. So 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 and and plus he's 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 getting down and up strokes with the thumb at that angle. You, you know you know because yes. he could go above you know like do really fast you know and single note note, note stuff as well you know with w- alternating with up you know alternate yeah. down and up with with his hand at this weird angle mm. um yes you know you know i mean when i first saw a video of him playing i'm like what what the hell is that you know because it just looked so different from what i imagined you know you know because yeah. what happened is you know we're old enough that we learned how to play guitar before there was all these YouTube things, you know. Right. And then you so go back and you know. check these guys out and you go, wow, oh, that's like way weirder, yeah. way weirder than I thought. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, I have more to say about him, but anyone else have something they want to... <laughs> well, you know, as far that alternate yeah, thumbing, I guess it would be, um, John, Pisano, John Pisano told me, because yeah, John yeah, yeah. hung out with him all the time, he said he, he grew a callus... Right, on the right. side of his thumb. There's one video I've seen. I think I think one of the ones from Europe. The 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 cameraman is over his left shoulder, and you oh. can see the callus, and you can oh. see him yeah. going up and down oh. using the callus. So I called I called <laughs> John. You know, I had to call John. I say, Hey, John. You know what? You told me about the callus on Wes's oh, thumb. Man. You were right. You know, it's like I saw it. Cool. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't wow. believe it. But Brad, what else yeah. did you yeah. have to, to say? Well, what I'd say is is just you know, same way I was talking about Charlie Christian about how significant he was to the future of guitar, because because not only to have this special technique, but really, sort of before him, people weren't playing solos with octaves like that. At least not that I know of. Yeah. You know, and, and and so he really sort of triggered. You know, for instance, George Benson is an example of someone who really who really took. Um, 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 Wes's style and, 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 and you know yeah. build on his own thing using octaves and stuff, but all but also the idea of combining like like his classic solo would be he'd solo first with single lines, then he'd solo with octaves, and then he'd solo with with chord, chord shapes, you know, like, like inversions. Yeah. And so he's kind of one of the first guys I've really heard do that too. And, it, and sort of there's sort of a lot of his solos are like that, sort of built that way. We're sort of increasing the amount of stuff that's happening at the same time. Mm. Yeah, and. Yeah. And and he really um, and and the other thing I'm saying about his his feel is just remarkable, and and is just and to me just the joy of it just really feels like when I listen to play it always feels like he's smiling you know you know like there's yeah. just a real real joy. happiness and joy about how he's playing and and there's that's you know cool. there's so, you know and there, and he's done you know some stuff that's sort of more sort of I'd say you know traditional and then other stuff that's a little more commercial you know sort of groovy type stuff. 
you know, like a, like Road Song would be a good song for people to check out just to introduce to him for his more yeah. groovy groovy vibe. Um, yeah. Where he did some Beatles things, but but also just so many like Four on Six or just so many great things and and you know you know so so and Pat Metheny is another person that got a ton a ton of of things from um, yes from West Montgomery from Wes um, for sure and and, and yeah. we can go on and on you know you know I mean he's really sort of just yeah. one of the people you you almost can't ignore if you're trying to play jazz guitar because he's just you know so you know significant I guess is the yeah. word <laughs> yeah now as a as a non guitar player I I definitely have listened to him before and uh, Jim Hall's another name that I know really well. Uh, why don't you talk about Jim Hall? Uh, who, who's gonna? Who wants to jump in on this? <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, ben. Do you want me to go for? You know, there's one thing about Jim. J Jim Hall um, was first. First and foremost, he was just the epitome of a musician, and the, and the fact that when he went to college, he studied uh, arranging and orchestration and composition and so forth. He was thinking when he comped, for instance, with Sonny Rollins, and uh, there was a trumpet player, Art Farmer, uh, some of those groups, the trios he'd play with, with no piano. And when he's playing two fives, for instance, and, and pop guys picked up on this R&B guys. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know make, make your guitar neck a little bit higher. Or... You lift your guitar up a little. No, no, up, up a little higher. So yeah, there, there, there you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, there there you go. okay, <laughs> okay, okay. So I'm yeah. playing thirds and sevenths, which would be right. So he totally he was he was yeah. out of the low end. He was out of the high end. So the soloist had all this clearance at the top yeah. and the bass player was That's completely cool. clear yeah. at the bottom and if he was playing say he'd play them yeah. nice. you know, like that and just clean yep. it, it just worked so well he was the first guitarist I ever heard comp that way now it's you know so so many players play that way and it's it so nice and clean <laughs> yeah. just very effective and that's the way he heard as a uh -huh. an arranger yeah, that's cool anybody else <laughs> what, 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 you know, what, what you know i'd say about is him that? too is is uh interesting thing about him is is i think people you know when people really evolve as players or musicians you know they sort of play their personality mm -hmm. and you know i you know you know west montgomery seems seem to have this sort of for instance this sort of I mean, I never met him or anything, but, you know, just a, you know, a, a enjoying life, you know, happy, sort of, a little, maybe a little extroverted or whatever. And Jim Hall's kind of the opposite. He's kind of very, you know, very thought, thoughtful, very mellow, very, you know, um, understated. And and so that's reflected yeah. in his playing. You know, he's sort of kind of like the Bill Evans of guitar to, to me, you know, sort of like, yeah, yeah. in other words, he's, yeah. someone, he's someone that's 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 not filling up the space just to fill up the space. He's just trying to, to create a vibe. And, and he's really, he's a, such a great listener as a, as a, someone to, to collaborate with. And that's why, you know, people like Sonny Rollins and and many other people, you know, sort of chose him as, as their accompanist, you know, especially when they had, you know, yeah. smaller, more intimate groups because, 
<clears throat> because he was so perfect for that, because he wouldn't overplay, but he'd just do what was necessary. Mm. You know, and, mm. and by the way, you know, you know, I wanted to mention, since I have my guitar here, um, this is a 175, you know, since we were talking about guitars, which is sort of kind of the, the workhorse of so many jazz guitar players. And Jim Hall, uh, you know, the first part of his career, this was what he That's, played, one of these, you know, yeah. and Pat Metheny and, Pat Metheny, and yeah. you know, Same. so many other... Yeah. Um, I think Jimmy Rainey, I think, um, well... Everybody. Yeah, almost everybody. everyone. Be, be, because, and Back the thing then. about this guitar yeah. is it's sort of yeah. like the next step after the Charlie Christian thing because it, this is really actually a, like bottom-of-the-line sort of jazz guitar in the sense it's it's it just has a laminated top, which means it's just like plywood. Mm. And it's... Um, and so it's not like the warmest guitar to play or fattest guitar to play acoustically, but the thing about it, it sort of has a, it sort of speaks and it cuts pretty well, and so it's a great guitar to sort of um, play with a group and sort of be a little bit more horn-like. Oh, Joe Pass was another one. Joe Pass is another one that Joe Pass that, that definitely played yes. a big a big part of his most important recordings were done on, on you know a one seventy five Gibson one seventy five. You know that's what the headstock yeah. looks like. And Herb Her Ellis, and Her Ellis, Ellis. Yeah, no, yeah. on the map, playing with yeah, Oscar yeah. Peterson, yeah. playing with yeah, Oscar yeah. Peterson. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I yeah. mean, particularly yeah. the era we're talking yeah. about. You know, I would probably more than half of the jazz guitar players there were played one of these. You know, you know, we're oh, talking yeah. about like the fifties and sixties. Well, fifties and sixties. You know. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's that's. I well, that, you know, Joe Pass is another one of those names that, that everybody knows, even if they don't play guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who? Jo Who? Joe Pass? Joe? <laughs> I think, is that how you pronounce the last name? <laughs> yeah. Do uh, you want to say a little bit about him? Oh, man. Well, I can go, or does someone else want to have something to say? Go ahead. Well, I'll start. Um, so, 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 Joe Pass. Oh, wait a minute. Jeff, you said you wanted to talk about Joe Pass. Uh, well, you start, and then I'll chime in. Oh, okay. Well, I would right. say you know he's a played one of these guitars, and there you initially, go. and and he sort of well, one well one significant thing he did is he sort of really put solo guitar on the map. Yes. You know, um, because because famously he he cut this one album called Virtuoso, which was just sort of on a, almost like on a whim. Um, with Concord Records, I forget the guy in charge of it, but whatever. But but he said, okay, you know, Joe, you know, I know you do solo guitar stuff. I want you to come in and record. And basically, I think he was just like calling out tunes to him, and and he just, you know, he was he was so comfortable with just playing tunes off the top, you know, you yes. know, off the cuff without necessarily having a specific arrangement. And, and and so and so apparently did this whole record like in you know like in a day of just sort of like oh yeah why don't you play Green Dolphin Street <laughs> you know which is one of the tunes yeah. on there um, and and it's just remarkable because because he he had so much facility and so much control of combining chords and um, and solo lines and kind of going back and forth and the melody and sort of integrating it in this sort of really sort of loose improvisational yet very yet it doesn't mm -hmm. yet it sounds. You know, I mean, it's something you could learn, and it would sound like a worked-out piece. But it's, but, but at least my understanding is, is, is that he's really sort of just playing, you know, off off the top of his head, you know, just whatever song it is, you know, and 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 and, and I guess the the way he came to that is is one thing is growing up. The story is is that his dad wasn't really a musician, but but he challenged him. You know, every every day they'd listen to the radio, and he'd say, "Okay, play this song, play that song," <laughs> and, he'd, and he'd make them wow. play these songs by ear, and just so it's just sort of ear training by, by fire. you know, by fire. Yeah, and, and I guess <laughs> his fire, dad wasn't yeah. really a musician, but for somehow somehow yeah. he realized that 
you know, and, and, and so I think pro probably he just had an amazing ear as far as hearing what something was, be, because because I think he's one of those guys could could play a song if he'd heard it, you know, you wouldn't have to, in other words, like, work yeah. out, like, okay, where is the 2-5, where's the modulation? Yeah. I, I mean, I right. this is, I'm sort of, you know, kind of extrapolating, but, but you know, maybe someone has more more concrete things on that but 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 you know and when you saw him play he's another person that just sort of he's just sort of playing you know kind of like not like jim hall always felt more you know beautiful but very sort of um i don't know introspective and conscious of everything mm -hmm. and joe passes more and like what's my they're more just kind of just playing you know just kind of i don't know if i'm really explaining it right but but maybe huh? just you know i think i don't know i think he's yeah, you're explaining yeah, it right. I, I would say yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. more. He's because he knows so many tunes. Yeah, and he's he's got everything together. He can play bass lines, yeah, chord melodies. He can play single note lines at any tempo. He can comp with a right. piano, um, and he knows he knows a hundred million songs. So he's always relaxed and comfortable. And yeah, yeah, just, that, yeah, exactly. You're does, not going to stump just, him. Yeah, he, he's, so he he's, just kind of does what he wants. Yeah. You know, whereas whereas I think Jim Hall is always a little worried, <laughs> even though even though he's just as amazing in his own way, but but just a little more yeah. conscious, like oh things could go wrong, and and, and I think I think Joe Pass is just a little more relaxed about it. and West Montgomery too. They're just like playing and and there and yeah. there's no stress, you know about, yeah. you know, anyway. Um, like enough. you know, you know, you know how sometimes you're on a gig and like you'll call a tune and then somebody in the band will go. Uh, I'm not, can we do something else? You know, because it's like yeah. maybe they don't know it that well or whatever. Right, right. Joe Pass would never say that. Like, yeah, he would just play whatever they called at any tempo, and he wouldn't care. You know, yeah. just yeah, because well, because he wouldn't have to worry. He probably knew. <laughs> he wouldn't have to he, worry. He, yeah. He'd hear it right away. Would it, would it, you know, but but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I, 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 and then, you know, too, Jim Hall uh, was very introspective. He's very yeah. within his head. Uh -huh. A lot of times, he, Joe, Joe is just <laughs> out there. And the thing that cracks me up is back in the '60s, um, a lot of a lot of guitar players would go and take yeah. lessons with Joe. And most of the time, I heard the same story. I played with Joe. I knew Joe. I never took a lesson with him, but I heard <laughs> the same story. Every everyone who took lessons, I'll give you two examples of players. Two players that everybody knows. Mm -hmm. One was Lee Rittenauer, okay. one was Larry Carlton. And both of them, I don't know how many times they went to Joe, I think it was maybe once or twice. So here's a scenario. You go in, you sit down, Joe says, Okay, let's play. And if you if you hear something you like, stop mm -hmm. me. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> so they 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 sit down, they play for a while and Lee or Larry's Wait, 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 Joe, 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 what was that? And Joe goes, what was what? <laughs> and exactly yeah. what Brad is saying, it's it's a stream of yeah. consciousness, and for Joe to reiterate what just happened, that's not him. That's not that's no, not the way he was yeah. wired. That's not him. Yeah, yeah. I had the same thing with I, I worked with George Benson once on a I was doing an overdub on a Brazilian tune that they needed some Brazilian rhythm. So Joe, it was an overdub. Joe was there, and Wayne Henderson was the producer at that time from the Crusaders. And 
I mean, it took it took about twenty minutes to do this rhythm part, and we get done, and I'm sitting out there. And I said, "George, let's play," you know. So we still had two yeah. and a half hours, you know, in the session. So so George gets his guitar. Oh my God! I mean, I was sitting there playing playing rhythm. I couldn't believe what was coming out of his guitar. And at one point, I I lost it, and I started laughing, and almost fell off my chair. And George <laughs> says, "Mitch." What? What? And I said, hey, George, what, what you just played was ridiculous. And he says, Oh, I wish I knew what it was. You know, same, yeah, same, yeah, same yeah. kind of cool. wiring, yeah. similar, not the same. No right. one's the same as Joe. No one's yeah. the same as George. You know, but same, same cool. uh, reaction. Yeah. It was funny. Wow. So. Yeah, you know, was, there's one other guy I want to mention one. before we leave and move on to the modern guitars. I know there's so much to talk about, but you know, Tal Farlow's on our list also. And I was at the Hollywood Bowl, the, the, the Playboy Jazz Festival, about 20, 30 years ago when I was in college, sitting next to one of our jazz instructors, Gary Pratt. And uh, Tal was up there playing with a group, and I'm listening to this really cool solo. It wasn't like anything I'd heard before. And uh, this professor, Gary Pratt, leans over and says, he's playing the entire solo with harmonics. <laughs> and he yeah. was playing this the bossa nova or something but the melodies oh, yeah. were all just harmonics and I was like huh? I, I, you know that, that's yeah. kind of crazy that's, so. that is cool but uh, Tom had a couple of questions he said uh, Freddie, oh, Freddie and Wes were his first jazz idols but he did ask if Charlie C played with Benny Goodman and he did we mentioned that right uh, yeah, Charlie yeah, yeah, he yeah. Did. That, yes. that that was his. That was his. Yes, you know what put him on the map. I see. You know, he sort of came yeah. out of nowhere to play with Benny Goodman, and 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 then three years later he was dead. <laughs> well, then and then it wasn't, uh, Benny, it wasn't Benny's fault. <laughs> uh, to Toby asked a couple of questions, and these are to Toby's not a musician, but she is probably one of the biggest fans of live music I've ever met. But she asks about. Um, the national guitar and the ovation are were those are those anything that have to do with the jazz world or uh not specifically although these days anything goes yeah but, you know the national guitar is it's a what's called a resonator guitar which means it has a big metal uh -huh. cone inside the body and uh which vibrates from the strings and it, it has a more specific kind of real nasally mid-range kind of bluesy sound and what was the other ovation well you just have ovation. the ovation which we think of as the acoustic guitar ovation. you know yeah that, that's just well, uh an acoustic guitar basically yeah, it, uh, well, well well you know yeah. that's the the guitar people have seen with the round back round plastic back mm -hmm. yeah and and right. actually right. they're like yeah. you know some people that are coming up like um john mclaughlin Cut, cut yes. is a famous album called My Goes Beyond on an acoustic ovation. Oh, really? True. Um, and yeah. and also and and he was playing one for a while, and also Gabor yeah, Gabor Zabot, Zabot, too. You know, Gabor, you know, so, yeah. so because because these guitars yeah. also were were sort of early um, acoustic guitars that had a pickup that didn't feedback when you're louder than like whisper. Yeah, you could you could <laughs> play them in a concert. It was the best yeah, at the pickup time, exactly. at the time yeah, when right, the right. ovation came out. And um, yeah, yeah, it was the yeah, best yeah, pickup. Yes, and yeah. um, Al Di Miola, who, who's not on the list, also play, played an ovation for a long time. Um, yeah, I guess that is a, that's a good point so, because so, so, so it had a moment. Know, before before that, if you're playing acoustic guitar, you got to put a microphone. But then, yeah. if you're on a stage with a drummer and a bunch of musicians, it's, right. it's a nightmare. But and then the ovation comes along, and you just plug it in with a cable. So it definitely, yeah. 
I should maybe those, add those Al brown, to the yeah. list here, you know, in our yeah, put, modern guys. He, put, let's put them well, on well, there. Well, yeah. there's, there's so many guys we could add. Yeah. Know, that, <laughs> there's always, yeah. Yeah. There, there was one. There was one early electric player. He had, he had an electric hollow body that had a national neck and a body that had been made by oh, Gibson. Wow. I think I think Gibson, they sent National sent Gibson the neck and they put it on this body. I'm trying to think. Mm. It was really an early electric guy. It was even before Charlie. I'm trying, oh, I can't cool. think of his name right now. But we have one other something. one other question from Tom. He but says anyway. it's an easy question, but I got to ask: Was there a guitarist with Glenn Miller? And if there was, who was he? Mm. I don't remember that. I used to listen to a lot of Glenn Miller when I was in high school. I don't remember guitar. Well, having a, having a yeah. rhythm guitar player was pretty standard on most big swing era big bands. Mm-hmm. So I would guess, well, not okay, all though. Yeah, not all, not but, all. But, but I mean, yeah. it's fairly common. So, but 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 I have no idea who who that would have been. Okay, sorry, Tom. <laughs> we'll look that up. <laughs> but I'll be seeing yeah, yeah. Tom in a week at one of those music camps mm-hmm. I direct. So, well, let's uh, let's move on. And, and I mean, go, those guys knew nothing. <laughs> yeah. There's, like I said, there's, I, I'll put the th- link up again. It's in the in the descriptions, but I'll put it up in the comment section. And then you can always go to the website. This will be under the podcast. Hopefully I'll have this the podcast done Friday, but the show notes are already up. Uh, and we've got a list of easily 40 different guys on here. And all, most all of them have links to something you can check out. So, But now the next section we have is the Modern Guitarist, which is 1970 on, which just let me go through a list here, some names. Pat... Uh, Pat Martino, Larry Coriel, John Abercrombie, Pat Metheny, Ralph Towner, Alan Holdsworth, Mike Stern, uh, Bill Frizzell, John Schofield, Frank Gambale, Russell Malone, Lenny Breu, uh, Todd, Ted Green, John McLaughlin, Al Miel. Oh, he is on the list. <laughs> and there Emily Remler. So, uh, so pick nice three list. each and let's... <laughs> Yeah, like, <laughs> like talk the for ten round. more hours. Yeah, the lightning <laughs> round. But I guess one of the if there's somebody wow. that, well, anybody have anybody specific you want to talk about? Well, we should in case we run out of time, we should talk about Pat Metheny for mm-hmm. modern era, just because yeah, yeah. he's like, I mean, yeah, he's he changed. Icon. You know, there's like certain guitar players that changed music, like in the eight, late seventies, Eddie Van Halen changed rock and roll mm-hmm. guitar. In the '60s, Hendrix changed rock and roll guitar. In the seven, late '70s into the '80s, Pat Metheny changed. He just changed everything. Uh, what like, was it about just, him that that changed things? His, his um, hair. Part, he had the best. Yeah, hair his hair. Of, of, of any of any famous jazz guitar player. No, I, <laughs> I think it was. I think it was two two main things. Would be his sound. He mm-hmm. just had this. It was a different sound. It, instead of the the more West Montgomery, Jim Hall, Joe Pass sound, it was a little brighter. Yeah, like Bright it's a, little, a little brighter, a little yeah, Bright size a little more light. sustained, like kind of like a bridge boom. between a clean rock guitar and a jazz guitar. And he had this, uh, and then his style was kind of. He definitely could play play jazz i mean he grew up playing jazz but he also had all this really cool kind of folk and rock and pentatonic and like open like voicings you know like uh like uh not that voicing what am i thinking of no not that one like stacked fist you know that kind of stuff that kind of sound 
and uh, and I, I just for myself, he's like the first guy I heard like play a solo with a with a just a really pretty clean sound mm. that I felt was as driving and exciting as all like the rock guitar players I was listening to at the time. You know, it's it's somehow he he was able to like put those two together. Um, but still have that really pretty clean sound. But it was really, it really cut through and it was... Yeah, and his know, older just, albums, yeah. the way they developed into one, you know, when it got to uh, Still Life Talking and As Falls Wichita, yeah. So Falls Wichita Falls. You know, I saw the Letter From Home tour three times because they mm-hmm. happened to be in the same cities. I was on with Days Off. <laughs> and, oh, cool. uh, you know, he did like a three-hour show and it, was, it just never stopped building. Yeah. And even the encore was just, and you know the songs, and if you don't, they just lift you. It's like the, it's also the best music to drive through scenery with, I think. Uh, but one yeah. thing that was also really impressive about the show, and I, it's like his lighting guy was saving oh, yeah. scenes for the encore, stuff that you hadn't seen yet that would just blow you away. It was just like yeah. past music, because you talk about his, his tone and his style, but his compositions to me were really yeah. what would set it immediately you hear something it's like that's either Pat Metheny or somebody who wishes they were Pat Metheny there you go yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah he uh, well, he, kind, he kind, oh and it was also a lot a, a lot of it was his uh, mm-hmm. collaboration and uh, inspiration I agree from yes. Wild Maze it's really you need the two of those guys to pull all that off yeah oh, but I have it uh, when I first yeah. got into Gary Burton yeah. on Vibes one of the first albums I had, it was both Pat Metheny and Mick Goodrick on guitars, yep. and Steve Swallow on bass, yeah. and uh, yeah. oh, right. the guy that played drums on everything. I can't remember his name. It was great, but it was I got it because oh, he's a vibe player. But listening to these two guys play, and then from there, so I've been a huge fan of them. Yeah, then, yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about some of the other guys on this. Lenny Bray was somebody I wasn't aware of, but you guys made a well, comment. Lenny, Lenny, Lenny Bro. But Lenny, let me bro, say Lenny Bro. About, yes. Let me say one more quick yes. thing about Pat Metheny because sure. I think, okay. you know, kind of what you're referencing almost is, is he's one of the guitar players that really people, you don't have to be a musician to really enjoy. Like, like when you go to see his concerts, mm-hmm. there's a lot yeah. of just people that, you know, because a lot of times, let's say you go to see... Pat Martino or something, whatever. It's going yeah. to be mostly musicians, mostly guitar players or whatever. But yeah. but a Pat Metheny audience is really a lot of people that are musicians, mm-hmm. but also a lot of people that aren't because because he's found a way to sort of be melodic and connect with sort of a bigger audience, but at the same time not be mundane and not be yes. pandering. Right. It, you, know, music you, know, is... you know. You know. And it's such a hard. That's a, such a hard balance to achieve to be. You, you know. You know. To sort of be cool and be not cool at the same time. Yes. Right, I mean, it's accessible yeah, stuff, place. but it's interesting to musicians. There's, that's, a, that's a very fine line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to pull off. And also, you know, there's some musicians who sort of like, sort of stay in one place, but he's, he keeps evolving. You know, he's always kind of on to new things because he's done, always. You, know, yeah. you know, like Bright Size Life that Mitch mentioned, which is one of the most iconic jazz guitar records of all time, mm-hmm. most influential. But, 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 you know, then he's done, like, straight-ahead albums, you know, with, like, mm-hmm. a, a classic trio, you know, doing standards. Right. He's done, you know, things like Still Life Talking that are... Jack, oh, DJ, man, yeah. all those yeah, records. Yeah, and and yeah. yeah. yeah like, like <laughs> 8081, where, where, it's, yeah. Yeah, where it's more, really more open and crazy, or, uh-huh. you, you know, things that are more aggressive, things that are more, like, world music, things that are more experimental things with or orchestral triggers, you know, just all kinds of stuff. Um, anyway, yeah. 
I guess that's it. I mean, I could play a little piece of him if you want. Or, oh, yeah. Because I sort of was yeah. thinking... Do some Brad. Um, Here, let's get some Brad in here. Brad needs uh, yes, I haven't played yet. <laughs> so anyway, let's see if i got sound here. Um, anyway, this is because this is a little bit of Pat Metheny, um, uh, Change of Heart. And, and what's cool about it is it's sort of... He's really into using open strings and... And a lot, you know, a lot of things that sort of people then went on and used, including me. Like, like the beginning of the song is, it's like he's using the high string as a E string as a pedal, but doing the melody. So it's. But 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 anyway, but notice it, it's just a very open, you know, and the harmony is, you know, very open, you know, very open chords. a long time ago with, with Pat's compositions is that they're just they're sweeping they just they really go and they build and build and build and it isn't just yeah. like a four bar eight bar six bar A section they're these long long things and right. the way he comes out of these with just so much harmonic force that makes you want to go to the next the next section it's yeah yeah just, a lot of it's very optimistic Yes, you know yeah. music. You know what I mean. You yeah. know, you know, kind of like uplifting in, in a weird right. sort of. Yeah. You know, we I mean, need we need a lot of way, that. In a good way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Put put. You wake up not feeling good. Put on Has uh, uh, Falls Wichita. So Falls Wichita, you'll yeah. be happy in it. You'll be so, fine. Yeah. Um, before we get yeah, into some album. of these other guys, I know we're hitting the hour mark, but if you guys are cool, we can go a little bit longer. I think I think I hear that alarm. Uh -oh. oh, there it is. Uh -oh. Okay. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. And y'all know what that means out there. It's. Uh, <laughs> Conversations in music. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to do it. So this is Conversations in Music, and you guys are going to do a little bit of trading, huh? We're gonna, yeah, well, yes, well, we are. We are. Well, you know, it sounds like you could actually, like, scat a 12-bar solo in between. There. <laughs> took, the, I, I had to layer <laughs> auto-tune three times on each of those tracks yeah. to get it in tune, and it still didn't yeah. do the job. So, yeah. um, uh, And I can't beatbox, so we're out of luck there. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys, and Brad, why don't you uh, take it away? Okay, okay. So I think we're just we're just going to play a, a B-flat blues, which is sort of yeah. a, of a... I'm sorry? I was going to say it's a, it right? bar it's a 12 bar oh, form. It's a 12 bar form. 12 bar form, more or less. Yeah. And then <laughs> in, in, between, in between each 12 bars, there's one and one third bars before the next guy comes in. Yeah, yeah. But, but what happens is, is when we play, there's a little bit of latency. So, so we actually yeah. can't play together, but we can play separately in, in turn. One after another. <laughs> and, and, and so somehow we're going to reflect the entire history of jazz guitar within our 12 bar courses. Let's see. <laughs> Anyway, here we go. One. We can try. Two. A one, two, three, four. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Let me turn on. <laughs> false, false start. One, two. A one, two, three, four.
guys that was awesome (laughs) so while you guys were playing (laughs) i I lined it up so the next jazz round table is going to be three other guitar players that are going to talk about your styles oh (laughs) (laughs) so i you know we're kind of running time so i we have a whole other section the next generation which was uh wayne krantz uh ben monder uh kurt rosenwinkel scott henderson peter russo i don't know we have time to get that but i'd love to do this again down the road but i do can we do like a lightning round can I just like say a name and you can one or two words that grab you about that player? Sure. Now, out there in internet land, I'm surprising them with this. They don't know this is going to happen, but I thought this might be an interesting thing and you can all shout at once or you can take turns and let me just uh, let me just pick a guy like uh, John Pisano. Somebody jump on. A, a, a true gentleman and a great listener. Okay. A uh, uh, Jimmy Weibel. Weibel? Bible. Weebly? Uh, Harmony? Harmony. Harmony. Counterpoint. <laughs> Hank Garland. Uh, melodic and uh, diverse. Yeah, diversity. Yeah. Country meets jazz in a, in a very mm-hmm. special and unique way. Cool. Yeah. Pat Martino. Uh, driving. <laughs> Force say. of energy. 
Force of energy. Force of nature. Uh, force Alan, of nature. That's what, uh, that's what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Alan Holdsworth. What uh, the hell is he doing? <laughs> I, I, I think of uh, John Coltrane playing a guitar. Okay. Uh, Bill Frizzell. Uh, interest. Yeah, the, the next, next Jim Hall. Exactly. Good, yeah, good yeah, way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Master, master of space and tension. Mm-hmm. John McLaughlin. Right. Uh, I would everything. everything. I, I would say, uh, I, I hate to use the word spiritual, but I would just say he's, he's all about just positive energy and, and uh, being good to, to your fellow humans. Yeah. Well, it shows jazz meets music. world, the world meets world music. Cool. Yes. E- Emily yeah. uh, Remler. Swinging. Very swinging. Uh, Brad Rebuchin. Ooh. <laughs> Stretching. Stretching. Yes. Imagine, That's a good one. Imagine, imaginative. Uh, 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 unexplainable. <laughs> Fear, uh, speaking fear, of which, you know, I, I have a, a little graphic about upcoming shows, but there's not that much on it. But actually, this Thursday, Brad is coming in with a trio. And that's yeah. with Steve Billman and uh, Sandro Feliciano, right? I, yeah, that's right. And then show. the following Thursday on the 29th, it's the Jeff, it's Miley Landers Taylor, which is Jeff Miley, Tim Landers, and uh, uh, Joel Taylor. So that'll be fun. Which, that'll be fun. And then on yep. the fifth, which was to be determined, I think David Becker is coming in with a group, and I think Brad's going to play with him because it is Brad Rebuchin month here at uh, Live at Zero BPM. It is. <laughs> so we got some fun stuff coming up. Okay, well, that's 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 a pretty good show. I, I would love to get into more of these guys, and we'll, we'll talk about it a couple months down the road. We'll maybe we'll do a History of Jazz Guitar Part 2. I do want to shout out to Greg and Andre, who both tipped. Greg is new. So, Greg, come back. Andre is one of our regulars. We'd love to see him. Uh, I'm trying to think if I missed anybody. I'm sorry. You know, we, not a lot of chatting. The shows people really like to listen to. But uh, Greg wrote a nice thing in his tip jar he said i enjoyed learning about their historical artists and hearing the musical examples so greg cool. you know we got more and this is uh it's gonna be turned into a podcast and this stays up forever as you're watching an archive you want to send something in the money goes to the right place i tell you it, it goes to the guys so um if you want to help out but thank you all for tuning in i'm going to play my outro and uh we'll hopefully unless there's any parting final words anybody just, well, this, uh, this, thanks, this was a lot thanks of fun. for watching. Yeah, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, thanks so much for for doing this, and it was really this fun to great. sort of mm-hmm. bounce guitar players back and forth with other guitar players yeah, in a really controlled fun. environment, so there was no fistfights. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was fun for me. I, I actually learned a lot. But uh, <laughs> you know, go go to the show notes. I'm going to put them up in the. Uh, in the chat rooms before I split so it'll be up there but check those out we have tons of links to other guitar players you can learn something new and uh, let me play our outro where is it where is it here we go next week and we'll see you Thursday thanks for joining us at Live at Zero BPM these videos will be archived on YouTube and Facebook so tell your friends these jazz roundtable shows will also be released as a podcast so please subscribe go to live at zero bpm.com for details and to sign up for our mailing list also Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. See you soon!